When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to Fellas, uh, let's get into the conversation today. We've been talking a lot recently about recruiting. The last couple of shows we've talked about recruiting, we had our guy B-Matt on talking about the potential to get more recruits in and, you know, Auburn's having a slow recruiting, all the things people panicking about, right? But as B-Matt predicted, we were able to land a new recruit here. Jeremiah Cobb commits verbally at least, to Auburn to come here in the next class. Another running back to add to the stable of running backs we now have. Mm. Um, how are we feeling about the commitment of one Jeremiah Cobb? I will start with you, B-Will. How you feeling about it, man? Treat your boys. Chill Boys Underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. The rich get richer. And in this case, that's the position group on our team that is probably the richest. We've got a bell cow in Tank Bigsby, the most talented player on the team probably since 2020. And I don't even think that's an exaggeration. I think that's probably just fact. He's the one constant, the one piece that even though we thought we had a chance of losing him, of all the pieces we've lost in the last six months, that was the one that I think scared everybody the most. We knew we were losing some production with other guys, but that was the one that's like, wait a minute, no, nah, not, not Tank. And we got to keep him. We got a gem in Jarquez. I don't want to say he was a gem. It's just that other people weren't willing to give him a try at the position he wanted to play, and we were. Right. And it turned out, look, he was right. <laughs> Jarquez was right. He wanted to play running back. He's a running back. And um, I haven't seen Damari Austin yet. I'm going to reserve judgment until he hits the field. I mean, all indications say he is a star player in in, in waiting, in the making. So... I'm going to take Cadillac's word. I'm going to take uh, the the recruiter's word and say, listen, man, he knows what he's doing. Cadillac has been a star back. He's seen star backs. He's recruited now at least two star backs because of the ones that have gotten on the field have been very good or great. I think it says more than anything, it doesn't matter what your win-loss is. Be good at something. If it's running back, put those guys in the league, prepare them. For success at the next level, give them a place to shine, and we do let our running backs shine here. Not yeah. as good as we could if our uh, offensive line was better at run blocking, but it doesn't mean they're not going to get their, their shots. With as piss poor a season as we had last year, Tank Bigsby was coming up on the preseason all list last year, and he's even higher on those lists this year. You can come here and be a star and have the NFL eyeballing you at that position. We have at least that much lockdown as far as uh, offensive recruiting, the running back position. So this adds to it. I'm happy for Caddy. I'm happy for us. 
And it doesn't seem like we're going to have to worry about running back for a really long time. Does seem as if we've got a good stable of backs once again. Let's just look at uh, a little bit about Jeremiah Cobb here, and then I'll let you weigh in, Mike G. Four-star running back right here out of Montgomery, Alabama, attending uh, Montgomery Catholic, coming up in the class of 2023, 5'11", So he's more of a scat-back type. Um, you know, I've seen comparisons to him and C.J. Spiller, the former great from uh, Clemson, as far as his running style. He's a, he's a speedster. Um, shifty back. Uh, but Mike G, what are you feeling about the commitment of Jeremiah Cobb? And, and to you, what does that signal to the Auburn fan base? The most important thing about this commitment is, is that it's out of the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Getting an in-state recruit was important. Now, we've said it a lot over the last few weeks. This is supposed to be the best class or at least one of the best classes of recruits coming out of the state of Alabama in the history of recruiting. There's a lot of talent in state and at home. We have a geographical advantage over a lot of schools in the country in that Auburn sits in a recruiting hotbed. We do not have to go far to find talent. So it's really, really important that you land talent close to home. And I think a lot of people were worried about whether we could do that or not. Now, uh, you know, this was a problem under the last coach was Saban got who he wanted in the state. Mm-hmm. And then whoever was left over wasn't choosing Auburn. Yeah. We weren't getting a ton of recruits in state. Uh, so this is this is an important shot over the bow, I think, for this coaching staff to say uh, that we're putting in the work. This guy doesn't choose Auburn unless there was an aggressive effort to get him. And right. I think we, we've seen a lot of what those efforts have looked like over the last uh, few few weeks um, and a couple months. But this this was good. This was a great uh, pickup. And they've got to start to recruit the offensive side of the ball better. Yeah. When you go back and you look at all those previous recruiting classes that were ranked in the top 10, they were defense heavy. And a lot of the offensive guys busted out, right. either transferred or didn't do, never saw the field or got in trouble. And going out and getting star players um, that are actually going to play is going to be really important. I take I took a look at his tape. Uh, he's a, he's an he is a true all purpose back. Like this kid can catch it out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, you know he can go between the tackles. He's got the speed to get out to the edge. This is a pretty good pickup, I think for uh, for them to get recruiting momentum started going into the season, and then. For other kids, like, you know, guys in state know who this kid is. And him choosing Auburn says, hey, like, you know, I don't know, man. Like, it's like walking down the street with your girlfriend and the other girls are looking just because you got a girlfriend, right? Like, uh, you got a hot girl on your arm, other girls are going to look. And we need players to come into the fold. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Brian, we need players to be in the fold to signal to other good players that Auburn is is, is a pretty good place to be. No, so the first this first step to having a good recruiting class is getting one. So start getting in these good recruits. Jeremiah Cobb, excellent pickup. I, I can't stress enough. My biggest thing is it's in state. They we got we have to start to take back the state um, because uh, you know Saban has owned it, and then other schools have come in and raided our talent. Yeah, Clemson has come in and raided our talent. You know, these these other schools mm-hmm. are coming in. They're Ray Alabama talent, man. Get out of our backyard. 
uh, and keep these kids at home. Yeah, and it was clear uh, from talking to Coach Harson. If you ha- guys haven't had an opportunity to watch the Coach Har- Harson interview, first and foremost, I have no idea what you're doing with your life. But secondly, it was clear to him that their staff is prioritizing making sure that the state of Alabama is going to have talent at Auburn University, right? right. Like there's going to be guys from Alabama playing at Auburn University in the fall. He he said it himself. He's like, listen, we want to win the state. Um, and then he's, he also emphasized how much they wanted to go into the state of Georgia and continue to have talent that's playing here. So it's something that's definitely not lost on the coaching staff that they need to be able to win in those areas. And this is a good one. I mean, this is not just a player from the state, right? It's one of the best in this recruiting class, the best running back by pretty much every metric. Um, I think he's probably like the third overall in the state or something like that. I have to go back and look as far as overall players in the state, but still, um, probably the best running back that you can get out of the state coming to um, Auburn. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about is leadership in the locker room, specifically in the running back room. One of the things that I noted uh, during this offseason was the, the workouts. Um, if you've seen him, Tank Bixby's out there posting his workout videos. He's been working with Brad Lester a lot to um, to get himself together, but he's had Damari Austin out there with him during some of those workouts and them going through drills together. And it seems as if Tank has taken on the responsibility to make sure when he leaves that there are people here who are going to be dynamic behind him. He's not just like, hey, I got to be great. We need other people in this running back room to be great as well. And I, I would assume Jarquez Hunter would have been out there as well if he weren't hurt. But what I want to ask you about is, do you feel like this running back room is going to have the leadership necessary once Tank Bixby steps away. Because I don't know if Jarquez is that kind of guy, but like, how, how do you feel like we, going forward? We've got the talent. Where's the leadership going to come yeah, from? Yeah, I'll tell you. Some of the off-season training things that they're doing are making those leaders. You know, we told I told the story about the vests and, you know, uh, while they're running stadiums and picking up the vests and, and the things that they're doing to challenge guys to step up and be leaders. I mean, that was not just um, that wasn't just for show. Yeah. Now, if you were one of those guys who takes the lead, uh, you know, and Tank has been one of those guys, he's setting that example. Um, those guys, from what I understand, are pretty tight. Uh, and they're 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 going to bring these other guys into the fold, man. It, it's it's, you know, leadership is, is improving. You know, team culture is improving. And, uh, you know, they just have to go out there. And the way to keep it together is to go out there and win football games. Um, mm-hmm. know, your, know, right. know your assignment. Uh, do your job. Yeah. So, uh, I think the, the running back room is going to be the least of our worries here over the next few years. And it, I, there was a time where we just used to put out 1,000-yard backs like it was nothing. Yeah. It seems like. Even our like, average backs would go for a thousand yards, and I hope they get back to that as well too. I know Harson certainly wants to be a downhill running team. You can run the ball, you can control the clock, uh, you can keep the ball out of harm's way, um, you can control a game with a good run game, and um, I think they're gonna they're gonna have that. Even Zach Calzada during an interview with him, you know, you had asked him Mike about about the running backs, and you know, he was very happy and optimistic about the running back. He lo- loves the running back room that we have uh, all right. the way down to the new guys. So um, adding Jeremiah Cobb to it certainly, I think, builds on that. And you know, the, you know what I love about this pickup the most is we're getting a guy we don't have to throw out there game one and ask him to save our season. 
This is the pipeline that they're that we're the pipeline, same pipeline we're trying to build at quarterback. We're doing it at running back. You've got Tank, Jarquez, Damari Austin, and now you're bringing in this Jeremiah Cobb kid. And it should be a steady stream of really good running backs at Auburn, assuming that these kids, uh, you know, buy in, don't, uh, stay healthy, and, and do the work. So yeah, you know, we should be good at running back for for years to come. I mean, and that's definitely a thing that you know we need to make sure that we're trying to do. I mean, li- listen, do we remember a time where we were lamenting the running back room, being like, "Ah, oh, man, we don't have enough running backs." Like, and now it seems like we're starting to build those coffers. Same thing we, we used to talk about the quarterback room, man. It's just mm-hmm. a different room in a lot of places. Defensive back, it seems like we've got an abundance of guys in that room. Uh, defensive line, we've just got abundance of guys in that room. Mm-hmm. The only place I feel like we just need to get better in is the offensive line. I feel like we're doing pretty good in the rest of them. But B, um, what are you feeling about um, as far as what this signals for the future and then the potential leaders that might step up in that running back room? Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. I'm I'm with Mike in one way in in that I think the culture now is going to build the leadership and it's not going to be dependent on what it usually is, which is you're the quarterback, so you're a leader, so step into it, even if that's not who you are. Um, that, a lot gets made about that with guys on on the pro level. Like, well, can he be the leader? Really, you get dubbed the leader because you play the most important position on the team. All right, so you can absolutely kill your team with your play, or you can push your team over the top with your play. So you are functionally a leader by default. Now, whether you actually have the emotional and and mental ability to actually rally guys around you and with you and bring them together, that's a whole nother story. That, that Those are things that you bring to the table. That's your personality. It gets built up over your time and your experience, both as a player and as a human being. You either have that or you don't. You can be a great player and still not be a leader. And what they'll say is, oh, well, he led by example, which means he's a great player, but he's not much of a rah-rah guy. So he just did his job. And other guys took notice. He set the example for him. And other guys followed suit. And that is easy to do when, number one, you're having a lot of success. If your team's winning a lot, but your, your quarterback's quiet, but he's going out there and throwing for 400 yards a game, what do I have to say? I'm, I'm Be where I need you to be, and then I'm going to get you the ball. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a great leader. I just think he's an outstanding quarterback, and so he's kind of gotten the chance to shape Green Bay and tell them what he wants and doesn't want, and everybody kind of makes it about A-Rod being a leader. I don't think he's a leader. I think he's just great, and you know that as long as he's out there, you're going to do a lot of winning. And that's it. Now, does that make him a great leader? No. I think Tim Tebow was probably a great leader on the field. He wasn't that good a quarterback. So those are two completely different things. And I don't think you can manufacture it. But one thing I do think you can manufacture with culture, and and I do think Brian Harston is installing that culture, is accountability, work ethic. Because you can, as the coach say, if I don't see you working to my standard, you're not going to get on the field. And he did that last year. 
And everybody who stayed seems to have gotten that message. <laughs> and they are stepping up to the plate right now because, and again, but you need that year. You need the year to go, yeah, you're better, but you're going to sit because you're not, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. You, could, you could save us. You could probably could have won us two games out there, guy, but you're not going to see the field because you, you didn't accept the responsibility I put on you before the season started um, well, off whatever that is. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that I liked about the videos that I saw with Tank, right? This wasn't, this is him working out with his personal trainer, right? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't him in the facility with the coaches. They're working out themselves, and, you know, they're going through a drill. And Tank doesn't seem like a rah-rah guy, but as they're going through the drill and De- Demari Austin finishes his rep, uh, he goes to sit down, and Tank turns to me, he's like, hey, don't sit down, bro. Yeah. He was like, no, we don't, we don't sit down while we're working out. What are we doing? Like yeah. that's that's the type of like you don't have to be a rah rah guy to to like you said be will instill the right culture. The culture is we're working hard out here and right. we don't sit down between reps. Right. Yeah. I believe that when you combine dynamic talent with hard work, that's what equals superstars. Mm-hmm. Well, guys who have the raw talent but still don't shy away from the work because we we see it so often. A guy like Jeremiah Cobb comes in, you know, he dominate, he's dominating high school right now. He can't be touched. And they think that they can just lean on their talent at the next level. And, right. and you just, you can't do that. You can't do that. There, and there are guys who have me, who would be pro bowlers in the NFL level if they had better work ethic. Guys right. who would be all SEC if they just had better work ethic because they have all the talent. Right. So uh, the culture that they're setting the work hard work culture that they're setting combined with more kids like this, I think catapults us uh, near the top, the, you know, the top third of the league consistently. This is how you compete. You yeah. need guys. You need guys who can go out and do that. They're not accepting anything less at Bama or Georgia right now. You're not loafing it up in Tuscaloosa and, and getting on the field. Yeah. Now yeah. They, they've got guy, other guys who can, can, um, uh, uh, step in, obviously, because they recruit, you know, a five star every three days. But uh, when you when you think about it, it's just there's so much competition there because everybody has talent. The only thing that really is going to separate you on that squad is the way that you work, because they're all they're all supremely talented. Yeah. I just I just think we need more of that in this program and getting a kid like this, I'm so happy that we got because people were screaming, oh, when are we going to land a recruit? We're a poverty program. We don't have any recruits. And it's just, I just felt like it was an overreaction. They'll start to come in. Yeah, definitely an overreaction. Yeah, so this is uh, hopefully one of the first dominoes uh, in a long line of of, of kids who are going to eventually commit to Auburn and you know, B-Matt was telling us when he came on last week about how if you don't get to 20 recruits, they, like, rate your class differently. You know, right. people need to not be not so caught up on recruiting right. rankings and ratings. Like, listen, if, you, if you're recruiting— This early. Like, yeah. if it were the week before, you know, National Signing Day and we were ranked that lowly and we needed a huge number to come in, to get, like, then I understand the panic. But, like, today? Yeah. And, and even after it's all said and done, guys, there, there's very little— difference between the 10th ranked class and the 7th ranked class. Very little difference uh, between those classes when you go back and you look at it. Some of it is just one recruit, and you don't even know if that guy's good. It could yeah. be a three. It could be just be a three-star having one cycle. It's more important that you fill the needs that you have 
than it is that those rankings, you know, people were like, well, Kentucky's ranked in front of us in recruiting and that's unacceptable. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's see what they do with those recruits. Let's see how well they evaluated those recruits in a couple years. Right, right. Right, so talk to me in a couple years after we see how their class panned out versus how our class panned out. That's right. something that we don't do enough. I, I feel like it could be a whole business is just going back and re-ranking recruiting classes yeah. and giving people a really easy snapshot of how well people recruited. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, this is this was a good pickup. Uh, you know, we've heard so much about these in-state recruits, man. I was really happy that, you know, one of the first pieces of good news we got was from in the state of Alabama. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what this kid will do, but I'm looking forward to not seeing it for about at least a year. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't right. see I don't see him on the field till 2023. Yeah, and I mean, and that's I mean, that's one of the things too. Um, you know, going back to your point about re-ranking classes, you know, as we've gone back and we've revisited some of these classes and talked about the productivity that happened from those classes, I think it's important for us to be able to note, you know. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people are screaming about where we were ranked and, oh, we used to be ranked, da, 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 this and this and that. But then when you go back and look at the productivity from the people who were in those classes and you're like, mm-hmm. I nah, don't look so good thing. in retrospect. Yeah, <laughs> like right. that class actually, I mean, you had one or two contributors and of them, those guys weren't difference makers, right? Like you, like, like, let's just be honest about the difference makers that we've recruited I mean, this is the senior class that exists right now, a lot of difference makers. And I don't know that we've had the opportunity. I think the next hmm. uh, look back that we're going to do is going to be in that class that's going to have the, um, you know, the Derek Hall class. Uh, you know, uh, Pritchett is in that class. So those guys are all solid contributors right now. But if you look back the years before that class and then really a couple years after that class, you're going to see a lot of misses in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. You'll see a lot of misses in those classes. And so uh, I think it's important for us to put those things in perspective. It's like the NBA draft, right? Like they're like, oh, if we had to do this draft over again, who was the right. actual best pick from this draft? And some of those guys just don't pan out. Like, you know, you look at they, – they talk about this all the time recently, like who got drafted like one or two picks in front of Steph Curry in his it's draft. A John Johnny Flynn. <laughs> he knows the name. What? I know because every time I look at that, I'm like, it's not just okay. Who got drafted? It's who got drafted point at point? Who yeah. got drafted at point ahead of arguably the greatest point guards of yeah. all time that had Davidson in the Sweet Sixteen? Who? What were you thinking? It's not like Johnny Flynn wasn't even that good in college. He was. He, was he played okay. Syracuse. Yeah. Right. He was okay. He didn't. I never saw top 10 out of Johnny Flynn. As a matter of fact, I remember them saying, oh, he's going. I'm like, why is he going? He, he was a freshman. I think he had been out of high school one year, and he was okay. It's like, but what were you thinking? Minnesota had a lot of misses, man. But yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you say, okay, if we're going to redo this, looking at all the players that went ahead of Giannis, and maybe maybe some of that's dicey because he's from overseas. You don't know of culture. Of, uh, how is he going to fill out? Because he was a skinny kid. You didn't yeah. see this hulking brute that he is now you might maybe you didn't think that translated but yeah. yeah it's it's one thing to get really excited about prospects before they hit that field before they hit your locker room before they hit campus and they get all those distractions in their mm-hmm. faces because a lot of kids well i don't know about a lot plenty of kids fizzle out because they can't survive the whirlwind that is college and popularity the responsibilities of class the influences that come from being famous and popular all the things that now at your disposal 
And some of that derails careers. It it derails college careers and and potentially pro careers. So there's a lot to take into account. One thing I will give Brian Harson credit for is I think that we will probably have a lot fewer misses now, partly because I I couldn't tell you this with any amount of certainty, and I certainly don't want to make up rumors, but um, what's his name? Under Gus Malzahn, there seemed to be a little bit of, I know this guy is a problem. I know this guy may not bring it like the other guys, but I'm going to be lenient on them and give them a couple extra chances because I know how talented they are. And if I keep reinvesting in this guy and keep giving him uh, another chance or not suspend him if he does something behind the scenes, then it's going to work out for me. Because everybody was saying, oh, well, Gus didn't put up with anything. He let, you know, he let that tight end go. And and, no, uh, he he did put up with stuff. He put up with plenty. <laughs> they did. We just didn't hear about it. Just but, yeah. to keep the most talented players satiated and on the field is what he did. And mm-hmm. the result is what you create inadvertently, and I don't think this was intentional, is a culture where the people coming up know, well, all I have to do is be the best guy in my position. And I can do what I want to do. All I have to do is be that productive and you're not going to be able to tell me anything because I see this guy who called out of practice or he wasn't going hard or he left early, but he's the best player at his position or on the team so he can get away with these things and I'll have my time too, which was a, the reason a lot of guys right after Gus left was like, wait a minute, but I'm the best here. Why don't you want me on the field? Which is why so many of them were shell-shocked that somebody was like, no, here's the bar. Once you clear the bar, then we'll talk about you hitting the field. And they couldn't do it. Yeah. And they're not going to hold your hand through it either. Right. right? So they're not going to be, hey, make sure you get to class on time. (laughs) You know, make sure you're doing the things. Make sure you finish your workout. They're not doing that. Uh, We've confirmed that. We've talked to them. It is out there for the taking, but you have to go get it. Right. And uh, to to Brian's point, the, uh, you know, Gus had a bleeding heart, Mm -hmm. but he had a, but he had a bleeding heart for like, it was just very uneven. I didn't understand. I didn't understand some of the guys that got second, third, and fourth chances. And right. then some of the guys who got one chance, seemingly, and then got kicked off. So this is, I feel I feel like I'm um, going into year two if there was any holdover. Because, listen, in year one, there were probably some behavior problems that were good players <laughs> that Harson put up with to get through the season. Mm-hmm. Now that he's through the season, I don't think they're going to put up with any of that. Uh, they're developing contingency plans at every position. Mm-hmm. And guys just need to do what they need to do and right. um, and then stay ready. This uh, The leadership that, that Ike was referring to, you know, part of it is going to it's going to be about making sure guys continue to work uh, until they're called on. Yeah. Yeah. Mel, because everybody can't play. Everybody's not going to go out at running back, but you still got to work. As if you're the num- the number one, you, you have to put in that type of effort because you may be called on at some point. Yeah, like injuries happen. Uh, you know, poor play happens. There's a lot of things that go on that you might get called on, and the state of readiness needs to be higher as well. And that readiness starts with recruiting, getting guys in like Jeremiah Cobb who are waiting in the wings, and uh, when it's his turn, he's ready. You just never know when you're going to be called on and you don't want to miss that moment because there's no guarantee that you'll get another shot. Right. Right. Some guys get 10 chances to get it right. And then they finally have good careers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some guys get two, two is all they get. Some guys, one, 
They put you on the field. You go out there. You drop the the, uh, the pass. You let your quarterback get sacked. You do something stupid, and they may not trust you again because you are already down on the list. I, I just think the state of readiness needs to be um, heightened, and it, that starts with recruiting, getting yeah. the right guys in that w- will be ready, that will put in the work, uh, so that you can you know be three deep. Yeah, everywhere, and, and your season doesn't stop if tank stops. Yeah, right. for sure. I mean, that's and that's going to be super important because the run game uh, is always going to be crucial. But as you pointed out, Mike, I think this coaching staff really wants for this run game to be a focal point of how we get things done. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to. to- 